Hello and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Stacey McCracken, and joining me is David Shednovic, Director of Sales and Marketing. David, last time we talked about the history, we went into the Grand Trunk Pacific. This time, let's talk about the Canadian Northern. Thanks, Stacey. The architects of the Canadian Northern were William Mackenzie and Donald Mann. While the Canadian Northern was only incorporated in 1899, it truly had its beginnings in the 1880s, when a number of independent lines were being built as alternatives in Manitoba to the Canadian Pacific, with the strong support of the provincial government of Manitoba in the form of loans and other guarantees. And at the time, grain origination from Manitoba was the main flow into the lakehead at Port Arthur and Fort William, now known as Thunder Bay, to feed the milling wheat business in eastern Canada and the United Kingdom. Now, besides acquiring the charter for the Lake Manitoba Railway and Canal Company, Mackenzie and Mann acquired a number of other lines in Manitoba and northwestern Ontario. Starting out with less than 100 miles of track, they then began building out their network, which included a new competitive route to the lakehead running south of Lake of the Woods. By 1902, they had over 1,200 miles of track, spanning from the lakehead to Rainy River, Ontario, Winnipeg, Emerson, Portage La Prairie, Brandon, Swan River, and all the way to Irwood in the then Northwest Territories near present-day Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. Mann described their approach to building railway at this time as more of a pioneering system, by which he meant building to minimum standards so as to keep costs down and move more quickly. So picture it at this point. They ran mostly in Manitoba to the lakehead, but they had Canadian Pacific on either side of them. Something had to give. With all the activity around railroad building at that time, what was the Northern's next move? Well, in 1903, the government of Canada approached the Northern in order to encourage the development of another transcontinental railway in concert with the Grand Trunk Railway. However, Grand Trunk preferred to swallow up Canadian Northern into its own grand plans. And as a result, Canadian Northern embarked on an aggressive building program, fueled in large part by subsidies and other guarantees from provincial and federal governments, as well as funding from the Canadian Bank of Commerce to develop its own transcontinental and beat Grand Trunk to the punch. Initially, the Northern planned to build much further to the north, running to Edmonton via Dauphin, Prince Albert, and North Battleford. By 1905, the Northern reached Edmonton, which was minted as the capital of the new province of Alberta in the same year. What about building out beyond Edmonton to the West Coast then? Well, this is where things got more precarious for the Northern financially. Construction began in 1910 on the line from the Yellowhead Pass to Vancouver, in large part supported by the government of British Columbia. The build from Edmonton to the Yellowhead Pass started a full two years after the Grand Trunk Pacific started their own build out west of Edmonton. Refusing to cooperate with the Grand Trunk Pacific, the line closely paralleled the Grand Trunk's path to the Yellowhead Pass, and from there, Mackenzie and Mann built towards Vancouver to the western endpoint of Port Mann on the Fraser River. Canadian Pacific had the easier route to Vancouver on the eastern side of the Thompson and Fraser Rivers, relative to the route the northern had to take on the other side. Not cheap to build, and no room for the pioneering system of railroad construction, but the routes of the Canadian Northern and Canadian Pacific form the basis of the bi-directional running agreement between CNNCP of today through the Fraser Canyon down to Vancouver, maximizing the efficiency of this section of track through the mountains. The last spike, joining the western portions of construction, was driven in 1911 at Basque, just west of Kamloops, and the Transcon was completed in 1916. Interesting. So what was the fate of the Canadian Northern? Well, the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad of the Northern coincided with World War I, and not surprisingly, capital got tight at this time. The Canadian Northern was highly indebted to banks and governments alike, due in part to the high cost of building out the Transcontinental. 
The Northern approached the federal government in 1917 for additional support, and the government stepped in and took it over. Mackenzie and Mann, who were knighted for their efforts in 1911 with the Canadian Northern, resigned as members of the Board of Directors just seven years later. What started with maybe less than 100 miles of track in Manitoba ultimately turned into a network of over 10,000 miles of track spanning seven provinces. Large sections of the Canadian Northern remain as part of the integral CN network of today. Thanks for your time, David. And thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN.